What's up? It is nice to have Hold you on. on. Thanks um, for having me on. Yeah, I, I really, really appreciate you doing this with me. So we can just go ahead and jump right into it. So for anybody who does not know, Meg, tell me who you are, tell them who you are, what um, your background is, what you're currently doing, and then we can kind of lead into, you know, your fitness background as well. Okay. I'm Meg DeGinto. I am currently a coach on Veresthetics. I recently joined um, this past July. Very excited about it. I recently went pro in bikini, so I'm now an IFBB pro as well. And what else? I have a bachelor's in human nutrition from Ohio State University. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's me in a nutshell. That's like my life is coaching, the gym, bodybuilding, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely not it, but I'll I'll <laughs> coax everything else out of you. So definitely want to highlight the bodybuilding aspect first, um, because I feel like anybody who is going to be coming to this to listen to you talk is probably going to know you from bodybuilding, most mm -hmm. likely gonna know you from competing in bikini and the fact that yeah. you are a pro, like you said. So how did you first get into fitness? How did you first get into bodybuilding? Where did that start? And you know, how did that journey start to progress into where obviously now you're a pro? Right. I actually just told this story to someone in the gym. So I'm, I have a well-versed in my head right now, but basically in college, I was like a huge party girl. I was drinking all the time, frat parties, freaking Wednesday through Saturday, every week. I don't even know like who I was. I was a completely different person. And then I ended up transferring schools at a super weird time in college. So it was second semester, sophomore year. So everyone already has their friend groups everyone set up and I just got plopped into Ohio State University, didn't know anyone in the state of Ohio at all. So didn't have any friends. So the drinking stopped <laughs> for good reason. Um, so I really just like submerged myself into school and into the gym. Um, and I've always been an athlete growing up. I've played sports forever. I have two older brothers that we would always be outside playing and you know, rolling around like roller hockey and all the things. So I'm used to being active. And then high school sports were pretty intense um, from where I'm from, um, almost played in college. And then I decided against it. So falling into the gym wasn't a tough decision. I still went to the gym even in my like party phase, but I was more of like a cardio bunny, you know, on the treadmill all the time. I would do like a hundred lunges and then I would leave. <laughs> um, so, so hard I for me to imagine you being a cardio bunny, but continue. Dude, I would literally, I can specifically remember, I would go to the gym and probably run like six to seven miles on the treadmill. And then I would leave. I don't know who I was. I don't think I could even run a mile at this point. So I don't know. Um, so strange to think of you as that, but yeah, I know. keep going, keep going. It's, I blocked that out. It's like a fever. <laughs> you know? um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. I got into the gym, um, kind of, you know, training wasn't great, but it wasn't cardio esque anymore. It was more like, okay, I'm getting into, um, like resistance training, whatever. And then someone actually approached me, um, in the gym and asked like, Hey, like by chance do you compete? And I was like, what is that? I had no idea what it was. I went home and I Googled it and I found Ashley Kaltwasser on YouTube. And she was the first bodybuilder bikini girl I've ever seen, ever watched. And I was like obsessed with her. I was like, holy crap, this is so cool. She is amazing. Look at her physique. She's, she's incredible. Um, and then I came back to the gym and I talked um, to that person again. And I was like, Hey, like I looked it up and it's super cool. Like I'm pretty interested in it. Um, and then he actually was a mutual friend of Dylan, um, Dylan bear. And then I ended up meeting Dylan in person at the Arnold in 2019, 2018, 2019. And um, I met him and he was like, okay, let's get things set up. And then I literally jumped right in. I was like, I want to do this. And he was like, okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really strange how, how fate kind of happens like that. Yeah. Um, like, I don't even know if you know, but like Dylan and I have known each other since college at OSU. I did uh, not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, we went to school together. I've known Dylan since I was 17 because I was 17 whenever I was a freshman in college. So mm -hmm. I'm 29 now. We've known each other for basically 12 years. Um, but yeah, like you just run into people randomly and like those people can like change the destiny and course of your life. Like at this point, Literally. like your coach would be a, you're a pro. Mm -hmm. And like, if you wouldn't have run into Dylan in a lot of ways, like your life would be completely different. So that's so interesting how that happens sometimes, but, I know. but yeah, like, so you started working with Dylan, um, that obviously kind of pushed you into competing. And what was that process like? Like maybe not even just the process of competing, but like the process of you figuring out that, okay, maybe this is something that I want to do. Maybe this is something that I can actually be like good at or competitive at. Um, was that more something that you realized along the way, like after getting 
a little bit closer to competing or even stepping on stage? Or is that something like you knew from the very get go? Definitely didn't know from the very get go. I was like super excited because I've always been in sports. So I'm like used to that, like competitive drive. But what I liked about the sport is that it was like individual and kind of like selfish almost. Like I wasn't showing up for anyone else. I was showing up for myself. And I thought that was super cool. Um, and honestly, the first time I competed in 2019, I was like, I mean, why not? Like Dylan is telling me I have a good foundation. Like that's nice to hear. Obviously that makes me excited. So I kind of just went into it like open-minded. Am I going to hate this? Am I going to love this? I did really enjoy it. Um, it was super fun. And I knew after I competed in 2019 that I would again, but I wasn't one of those people that was like, I'm going to compete again in five months and I'm going to do it like right away. I kind of was like, that was fun. Like I'm going to take a step back. And then when it calls me again, if I, if I want to compete again, then I will. And then that ended up happening like two and a half to three years later. And honestly, during my last prep was when I was like, I'm fucking in this. Like, I'm not stopping. I'm going to be in this sport for a long time. And I can tell. Um, so I don't even think it was my first prep. I think it was my second prep where I really was like, holy shit, like, this is so sick. I love everything about this. And now I'm just so excited to keep going. No, yeah. I actually really want to focus on like the first prep because there seems to have been maybe like a little bit of burnout or maybe a little bit of like, like wavering questioning, like, is this something that you actually want to continue to do long-term, continue to invest the time and money into it? Right. Um, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, especially after like your first prep, because mm -hmm. the first prep is generally something that is unexpected in a lot of ways. People think that it's going to be very glamorous, very fun. It's not usually very glamorous or fun. Right. Um, so like, what was your first prep like? It was definitely like a, not really like a culture shock, but maybe almost because I was tracking macros like I had for years before that. Um, but I was also in school. I was a junior in college and I was working and then I'd prep. So I think the schedule I had was kind of like, whoa, like this is a lot. And I've never had a schedule like that before. Like I was front desk at Orange Theory Fitness and I worked the 4 a.m. shift. So I'd wake up, take my check-ins at like 3.30, send them to Dylan with horrible lighting. Um, and then I would work and then uh, commute to Ohio State. So I would drive like the 30 to 40 minutes to school, go to class all day, go to the gym, come home at night by like six or seven, and then have to go do my cardio for like an hour or whatever the hell it was. And then I was like, wow, this is a lot. Um, it was just, yeah, it was just a busy schedule. I was a student and like, I had to make the sacrifices, but it kind of like pushed me into the lifestyle that I live now, which I absolutely love. Like, I don't even know who I was in college. I do not want to think about that girl because <laughs> it just wasn't me. And I'm just so much more like happier now. And I think it really did push me into like the life that I was looking for almost like that balance that I have now. Um, but yeah, I didn't think like, oh, I don't, I guess I did think, oh, I don't know if I want to do this again. I did enjoy it. I was just like, that was a lot. Like that was super exhausting. So I'm going to give myself some time. Um, and one thing I spoke about Dylan, even after this prep is like, I don't want to put any plans into place right now. Um, because I don't want to affect like my relationship with the gym. I didn't want to have like resentment towards the gym. Like I have to go to the gym today. I'm so tired, like whatever. And after going through a prep, like towards the end, it does get a lot when you have a lot of cardio and you're on like freaking a thousand calories a day and getting your steps in. So I, yeah, I kind of just wanted to take a step back without forcing myself into anything because I didn't want to form any like negative connotation to like my fitness journey and like going to the gym and stuff, because it's something I always loved since I was like in high school. So I didn't want to ruin that. Um, and yeah, I think I'm just super patient with the process, but I like it. I'm not like rushed to do anything, but I know I'm going to be in the sport for like a long period of time. No. And that's like a really yeah. great way to approach it because how old are you again? 24? I'm 25. 25. 25. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. have a, a long time. You're still very, young. <laughs> it's not like you need to rush. Um, yeah. You know, with that first show, how did you actually do? How'd you place? I placed first in both of my first shows. So that's the other thing. I feel like I've had a very good uh, kind of rep going through my shows. I've had really nice placings, which is also like very motivating to me. Yeah. Honestly, that's one thing I have been thinking about with going into a pro debut is like, how am I going to feel if I play sixth or 10th or something? Because every single show I've done, I have placed first. So I don't know. It might be a shock, but I'm not going to let it take me down or anything. I mean, I'm going up in the big leagues now, right? Like I'm a natural athlete going up against all of these people who've been in the industry for years and years, and some are going to be enhanced. Some aren't going to be, but it's still like these people have density on them. They've been training for a lot longer than me, most likely um, a bunch of them who have like 
time on me. So it's definitely nerve wracking, but I don't know. I think it's still going to be good. <laughs> so, so you placed first at your first two shows, which is great. Obviously um, you competed four times, correct? Yes. So you turned pro at your last show. So mm -hmm. did you actually not place first in your third show or did you? In my third show, I did. So I did two shows in 2019 and then I did two shows in 2023 and I qualified for nationals in my first show this year. So I took first and then the overall, which qualified me for nationals. And then I went to nationals and got first in my class. Yeah. And then I think I got like second overall, but that gets you your pro card to go first in your yeah. class. So yeah, it's been a good run so far. So you never lost your class? <laughs> uh, technically my first show, because I did multiple classes because I had yeah. open and and collegiate. And I think I got second in one of those but I don't, whatever. That's the same thing to me. Like first, second for your first show. That's like, holy shit, I won, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's like a, that's like a Phil Heath-esque run. Like, I don't even, <laughs> I, you, I'm sure you know who Phil Heath is, but like um, back in the day, whenever he turned pro and like actually got up into like the big leagues, pretty sure he won every show he competed in until he got to the IFBB as well. So like that doesn't happen very frequently. So like you said, you kind of, you have like a little bit different view of like what competing is right now because you haven't really had too many things go wrong. Um, right. which is great. Like we don't want things to go wrong, but, um, but it, it's definitely an interesting perspective, but I, I still kind of want to go back to like that, that first prep or like maybe the end or the other side of that first prep, like you took what, three years off, two years off in between. I think it was closer to three, like three? two and a half, two, two and three quarters, something like that. It was yeah. a long time. And yeah. COVID happened between then. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Lots that was kind of forced as well. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff happening there. Um, how did you end up reversing out of that, that first prep? Like, how did that go? How did that affect you? Did you feel like you handled that pretty well? Do you feel like that was a shock to your system? Like you were not ready for it because a lot of people struggle with that, obviously, as you know. Right. I honestly think I did pretty well. Um, I think like looking back to post-show specifically, like the treats and the meals and stuff, I approached it very differently this year. Um, but I don't think I went absolutely batshit crazy at my first show either I think I had like a little too many cookies or something and then I was like oh my god my stomach kills right now but reversing I did pretty well I probably had like I don't know maybe like five mishaps or something along the lines but I would always tell Dylan and be like hey like what do I do because you want to be like open and honest so that your coach can make the proper like alterations and such but I really enjoyed reversing and I enjoy building. So coming out of it and then starting to feel really strong and starting to put on muscle mass. And I was like, wow, I had no idea that I could eat this much food. It was a lot of me learning more about myself, which I really, really enjoyed. I was like, holy shit. Like I did not know I could eat 575 carbs and like still feel great. You know what I mean? I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Is that where you were um, up to? What? You were up to 575? I went back because I was chatting with someone on Instagram recently and she said she was at like 450 or something. I was like, dude, I get it. Like I used to force feed myself, feel like I'm gonna puke at night. And I went back into my like highest protocol from Dylan and it was either 2019 or 2020 and it was 575 carb and I think it was like 80 fat and then 145 protein with like minimal cardio, maybe steps, maybe two sessions of 15 minutes. And I'm 5'4", like I'm not a giant person. I don't know how I even did that because- Oh my God. I ridiculous oh that is that is insane that makes me actually like queasy for you it's like, I, I am gonna throw up thinking about it it, it wasn't <laughs> fun I think I had like four bagels a day it was I literally don't know how I did that at all because even now trying to hit my macros some some days I'm like holy shit I'm so full and I'm like over 100 carbs under that so I don't know what freak of nature I was at that point um but yeah, I think I responded pretty well. And then I literally just coasted into the longest off season that I've heard of. Like after learning and talking with people in the sport, everyone seems to take like, I don't even know. I feel like it'd be anywhere from like four to like 10 months or something along those lines. But I, you don't really hear like, oh, I took two years off or I took three years off and then I came back. Um, but I was just like in the building hole. Like I, I was having so much fun. I started to get so strong and I was like, wow, I can lift so much weight. This is so amazing. And I didn't feel like, shrinking myself down and feeling weak again. So I just kind of kept it going and then COVID and then 
I started coaching and like this new job and then I moved and there was a lot going on. And then once I kind of got settled and everything, I was like, you know what, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should compete again. That'd be pretty fun. I haven't for a few years and I definitely look a lot different. So kind of jumped right back into it. Um, but I think I did pretty well in my first prep in reverse when it comes to like being adherent. Um, but something Dylan has always said since the beginning is that I'm super coachable. Um, so even if like something happened, I would just talk to him and then he would be like, we'll do this or do this. I'd be like, okay, like no questions asked. I understand. I'll do it type of thing. Yeah. And I, I have a random question, but like, because you got to such an extreme level with like having to bring in calories and having to eat carbs and it's, I've been there before. It sucks. But yeah. what do you find more difficult? Do you, did you find like the, the very low cows, the most difficult or the very high cows? I think high cow is way harder. I yeah, would much I rather go to bed hungry than go to bed feeling like I'm going to throw up or like, oh my God, I hate being overly full. It's the worst feeling in my opinion. You're like distended and you're just like, I can't even take a sip of water. I feel so full right now. And you just feel icky and like lethargic and gross, but yeah. I would much rather be hungry and just chug some water or something. Yeah, I definitely do too. But I, I think it's funny how it gets really glamorized like these really, really high calorie carb <laughs> protocols, whenever, especially small women are able to get up to these like extreme levels of carb intakes, where like 575, like that's absurd, right? But really? it definitely gets glamorized. And especially whenever a lot of people are in prep and they're seeing that they're like, oh my God, I wish I was your, oh my God, like I wish I could eat as much as you can. But I'm someone who like, at, whenever I was at my biggest and strongest, I, I think I was maintaining at like 5,500 calories a day. That was, it was miserable. Like, yeah. I, like I didn't feel like I did anything other than fucking eat all day. Like, like, oh, you have to look at the clock. And if you're like 30 minutes late, you're like, shit, I have to like go get all this food in or else I'm going to have to eat it all after dinner. And it's like, oh my God. It was, it's horrific. It, like you said, yeah. you're always full. You're always lethargic. Like for me, because I was such a, a large body weight too. I was always sweating. <laughs> like I was always hot. <laughs> I hated that feeling. So yeah. I totally get it. But like I said, I think it's glamorized whenever people put themselves in like that, that chronically underfed, chronically hungry, chronically craving position. And they're seeing people on the other side where they're like, oh my God, like, I wish I could eat as much as you can, but it's not always better. Like the grass is right. not always greener, especially for people that have to be there. It's like, it's easy for us to say like, you know, it fucking sucks to eat a lot of food, but, um, but yeah. I'm not a big fan of force feeding either. And I've yeah. been on both ends. So I, I totally like, yeah, it definitely like runs in my family too. Like it's highly genetic because I fully remember when I used to still live with like my parents and my brother, my older brother, he would be trying to like bulk. This man was eating so much food. I like could not even fathom what was going on. He would eat like two pounds of turkey a day. And like, I would be like, what is, what are you? Like, what is going on? He'd be like, I'm so full, but I got to drink this. And I was like, what? And then I was in that position. I was like, holy shit, what is wrong with us right now? Um, but yeah, I've definitely told multiple people like back then was when I started my Instagram, when I was reversing, I started it to help me kind of stay consistent and like share all that. And I remember posting like, oh my God, my carbs are at like 500 plus right now. And people would be like, wow, like that's amazing. I wish I could eat that much. And I'm like, it's a blessing and a curse because it's way more food than you actually think it is. Like go try to eat 575 carbs and tell me you had a good time because it's not fun. It's very hard um, to do, but like, obviously not a bad thing that my body handles food super well. Um, but it's then like, okay, well, I have to eat this much in order to see this much growth take place, et cetera. Yeah. And, and on the other side of that too, like exactly what you ended at, it's whenever you're trying to actually go into a surplus, your body is fighting you. So there are people who obviously have to cut down really far whenever they're trying to go into a deficit. But for us, we actually have the opposite problem. Like whenever we're trying to gain and go into surplus, our body is fighting us all the way up. So yeah. we have to eat ridiculous amounts of food to be in a surplus. And mm -hmm. we continue to eat more food to stay in that surplus. So it's like, it's the opposite problem. But um, you did mention that your family kind of has like those, those genes. Does anyone else in your family train or is anyone else like really into fitness or even into bodybuilding? Not into bodybuilding. I'm the only one. They were all like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Uh, when I started, but uh, both my brothers are like super athletic. Like the one still plays like in a rec soccer, like a men's soccer league, like every single week, like multiple times a week. Um, and the other one got more so into weightlifting. 
um, but not for like literally for himself. Like they played sports in college, so like lifted with the team and such. And then it's just like we just enjoyed it. It makes you feel good, right? It's fun. And it was just like an easy transition going from being an athlete to jumping into the gym and like moving your body in that way. But yeah, no one's into the bodybuilding scene. When I brought that up, they were like, what are you doing? You're doing what on stage? You're standing in a bikini and like in front of people? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's like the the only appropriate response whenever you say that you're competing, <laughs> especially whenever people don't really understand like what competing is. Or um, I feel like a lot of like my parents, especially, but like probably your parents as well, like their only understanding of, of competing is something like, you know, Arnold, right? Like pumping iron. Right you know? Yeah. Um, so they're like, wait, you're competing. Like you don't Literally. look like Arnold, you know, like what, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but I I'm sure they're, they're pretty supportive. Like, oh you know, my God. Yeah. yeah that's I great. went home. We all like live separately now. So my one brother is in Philly with me. He's like a few streets over. So I see him more often, but my family is still in Ohio or my parents are still in Ohio. And my other brother lives in Pittsburgh. So we don't see each other often. And we went home for Christmas. They were all like, oh my God, like we got a pro here. Like, la, la. like they're all super supportive about it, uh, which is really cool. But first show was definitely like weird. I was like, guys, I won. And they were like, what did you even do? Like, what are you wearing? <laughs> it was funny, but it's definitely evolved over time. And they're like, oh, like this is serious. I'm like, yeah, it is. And <laughs> this is my life now. So <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that. I love to hear about it. It's like, it's difficult because not everyone actually has that support. And I'm you're, you're a coach. So you are probably intimately familiar with this. Like a lot of your clients, I'm sure struggle with like convincing their significant other to be on the same page as them because it's an expensive sport. It's like you said earlier, right. pretty selfish as well. Um, and you know, I've been on both sides as like the significant other, but also the person who is actually competing. So like, I, I understand pretty intimately, but yeah, it's like obviously great whenever you had that support. Um, so I actually kind of want to talk about you turning pro because, you know, this is going to be something that people are going to be interested in. So you had a relatively long off season going into you turning pro. You said that you competed, you qualified for the national show, kind of like with a, a tune-up show. And then you went in, you competed, turned pro at junior Nats, correct? Yeah. So do you want to kind of walk me through what that, that prep looked like and how things went when you started to kind of realize like, oh shit, I might actually have a chance at doing this that my last prep was like so fun uh I like I had the best time and I feel like it flew by like I feel like I started and then I was like whoa my show's next week like what is going on uh, went by super fast for me and I think it did that because I was like my first show yeah I was like tracking macros here and there or whatever but I wasn't like as consistent with it and I wasn't living that lifestyle now that I was already living the lifestyle prep started and it didn't even feel like prep started. I was just like, Oh, like I'm doing 20 extra minutes of cardio today. Okay. But like my lifestyle didn't change. I didn't have to be like, can't go out to drink tonight. Like it wasn't as many sacrifices I would say, especially in the beginning. Um, so I was kind of like coasted in. I was like, this is so fun. I'm getting so excited. Um, the one thing that did happen was Dylan actually moved my first show. I was six weeks out and I checked in and he said, change of plans. You're now three weeks out. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I was like, are you joking right now? Typical because villain activities. That, even in that check-in, I was like, no way I'm going to have time. Like I need to extend this. Cause like going into it, I wanted to kind of like just go until I was ready and then pick a show because my first prep, I think was like 12 or 15 weeks. It was very short, very fast. And then it was done. So this time around, I was like, I want to take like the long, longer route. I just want to go until I'm ready, whatever. And then I, I don't even know how long my prep was. I honestly think it was like 17 to 18 weeks, but I was expecting it to be like 25. because I was like long prep, like I'm here for it. And then he moved my show up three weeks and then we did back to back peak weeks. And then I went pro at nationals, but I had no idea I was going to yeah. go pro at nationals, literally no idea because I was already looking at flights to Vegas and hotels in Vegas to go to junior USA's or USA's, whatever it was in a few weeks. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we'll go to Tennessee we'll get the feedback. And then we got to like book our flights and stuff. So I have like another chance to do this. And then it happened. And I was like, what is going on? That's why I was like, so lost after junior Nats, I was talking to a bunch of people. Um, and like, what did you do after you went pro? Because this happened so fast. And now I don't know what my plans are. Um, but I really, I didn't even know I was in center stage at junior Nats. Like I came off stage and Dylan came backstage and he was like, let's go. Like you were in the center. I was like, I was, I didn't even know that I was just up there who knew. And then yeah during finals I was like oh my god I was in center stage and then they didn't really move me around much and I was like no fucking way like that really just happened and then 
it all kind of fell into place, but that was fucking wild. I was not expecting it at all. Like at all. It was a big surprise for sure. Um, but yeah, that was, it was sick. That was like one of the best days. <laughs> and whenever you were actually at junior Nats, like obviously you turned pro there. So obviously, you know, your physique was most likely the best, you know, at least, at least up there in terms of, uh, in terms of quality, but were was there ever a point where you were backstage and you're like, I actually kind of belong on this stage. Like, you know, because a lot of people really struggle going from like the regional stage to national stage and then also right. going up from national to pro stage. Yeah. Um, it, it's a huge jump in quality. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of people just aren't ready for that. And it takes them by surprise whenever they're used to doing well on a regional stage and they go right. to national, like, holy shit, these people are really, really jacked. They all look yeah. good. Like even third call outs, like everyone looks really great. Like no one's just showing up out of shape. So like, was there a point where you were just kind of standing back there and you're like, no, I definitely belong here. Even if I'm not turning pro, like I'm definitely, I should be here, you know? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I was more like, I was probably a little bit more like negative towards myself. I was like, damn, that girl's delts are fucking massive. And like, holy yeah. shit, that girl's tie-ins are insane. Like what is going on back here? Um, but I definitely felt like I was like supposed to be there. And not to mention everyone's so fucking nice. Like everyone is friends. No one's going to be like, look at that girl over there. Like everyone is like, oh my God, like we're wearing the same color suit or can I have a Reese's or whatever's going on. Like, it's just (laughs) such a big family backstage and you kind of are like, oh, like everyone's so nice. We're not like fighting against each other. Like, yeah, it's a competition, but it was just so fun. Like nationals was the best show. It was so much fun backstage. Um, And the fact that you mentioned it's like a higher, it's like higher quality, I guess, or like the physiques are next next level when it comes to nationals. I did qualify for nationals in my first season in 2019. And Dylan said like, no, like you're not going to nationals. Like you need to grow. And I'm very happy that he did that because I did not look like I was ready for nationals in 2019, like at all. (laughs) So definitely the right call by Dylan, but uh, it was so fun. But yeah, I definitely looked around. I was like, okay, like I can, I can hold my own a little bit. I think, (laughs) um, even though some people obviously are going to like catch your eye and be like, oh man, like that girl's got it. She's got it all, you know? Um, but yeah, everyone was so nice and like supportive. So at one point it was just kind of like, you forget that you're like going up against these people. You're like, oh, do you want to like go on with me? Like we're friends now. <laughs> Everyone's just so freaking nice. Um, what went up for the overall, they lined up like all the girls that won the class and we were all like chatting, like what the fuck just happened? Like we all just went pro, this is insanity. And then we were standing in line and everyone was just like, okay guys, let's just go have the, be- like, let's have the best time. Like, let's just do like our favorite pose, like it was so exciting. And everyone was like, I'm not even nervous anymore. I'm just so excited. So we just went out there and just had so much fun together, like posing against each other pretty much. No, that's that's honestly awesome. Um, because I actually have heard stories where it has not been like that every single time. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's great to hear. Um, I mean, obviously some people get really, really competitive. Some people get really upset whenever the placings don't reflect what they were expecting or what they were thinking. Yeah going to happen um so you'll see some meltdowns every once in a while and you'll see some people that aren't really like the best sports um but it's really great to hear that like that was your experience and I kind of want to rewind for a split second because you mentioned that Dylan kind of pumped the brakes on your national show experience after your first season um what was your feedback after after your first shows uh do you remember like what you needed to improve I'm honestly like shocked that that was my feedback because looking back at my photos I'm like what like I get what they were saying but they basically my feedback was that my glutes were too overpowering so they were like your upper body is a freaking noodle and your glutes are overpowering and I remember Dylan being like this is the first time I got feedback saying your glutes are too big and that's your issue and I was like okay so literally I think a really long time into my reverse and off season I was doing legs like once a week and I was like upper body's got to grow like I'm working these shoulders and my back and whatever um and I was like scared to train my lower body. I was like, oh shit, like, should I not? I'm kind of nervous if I don't want it to grow. Um, but yeah, that was that was my only feedback, I think, is just your lower body is too overpowering and you need to grow. No, that is actually kind of like the um, the detriment of getting judges feedback, especially at like regional shows, in my opinion, is that it can really get into your head as an athlete. Yeah. And not to like talk too much shit, but like a lot of judges really don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they don't, even if they know what they're looking at, they don't know how to communicate it well to the athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hear a lot of like real vague things being said to yeah. athletes. 
that don't really make much sense whenever you're looking at the pictures, like you said, um, or it feels like they're just trying to say something. I was going to say, they want to give you some feedback, but they yeah. don't even know what to tell you. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of times that can like really get in the athlete's head. Um, and because obviously now, like, you know, we're training glutes pretty hard, pretty, yeah. you know, with a lot of volume pretty frequently. So, um, no, just while we're on this topic, uh, we should probably talk about your glutes. <laughs> it um, is a hot topic. <laughs> it's a hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how many times have you gotten asked if they're fake? Oh my God. When my Instagram was like, <laughs> I think like, I don't know. It was when my Instagram was like building, 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 like all of my DMS were like, she has like a BBL or I was like, dude, this thing doesn't move. Like it's straight muscle. I promise you that. And I remember telling my parents, especially on TikTok too, when my TikTok started to blow up, people were like, it's fake. There's no way that's real. They're implanted. It's a BBL. And I told my parents, they're like, what's a BBL? And they're like, they think I paid for my butt. Like they, and they were like, what? They're like, that's insane. People do that. And I was like, yeah. Um, it, it's just so funny. But if you even look at the pictures that they're commenting on that, like it's fake, it's a BBL. I'm like negative body fat with just like a giant bump on my body. Like, where am I getting the body fat to put in my ass? Like nowhere. I don't have any, I, whatever. It's always like, that's, it's always a comment. That's fake. That's implants. That's surgery, whatever. And I'm like, thank you. It's not, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that that's like a compliment, just like how, if you're a natural athlete, people accusing you of being on PEDs, like, mm -hmm. I can see where some people get offended by it. But at the same time, it's like, actually, that's a compliment because I know that I'm natural or I know that you, like, you yeah. know that your ass is real. So yeah. like, like it is a compliment because people are like, that is so ridiculous that it's like hard for me to believe that that's real. Mm -hmm. um, but I like you mentioned that they were dominant even after your first season, right? So um, even before that, like you're an athlete. So I would imagine that like, some of that came from your athletic background like just your I had a glute shape like my entire yeah. life like playing field hockey and playing lacrosse and those are like my two main sports and we did like crossfit as conditioning for our sports in high school which is crazy to think about like we were intense as shit <laughs> they were like for practice go to crossfit I was like what um but yeah I obviously had a muscular build from being an athletic kid and all through high school and then I just like it amplified as I actually started to lift properly and like eat eating properly was game changer. Like I blew up everywhere, but like food goes straight to my glutes. I swear to God. Um, so like those two things combined can make a huge difference, but I didn't go from like, you have zero glutes to, oh my God, you have giant glutes. I had a foundation. Of course I did. And that was even my feedback in 2019. So a few years later with correct training and eating, like obviously they're going to improve <laughs> no and and that's it's something for me that's like kind of funny because obviously with me coaching you me training you like I have to be acutely aware of the fact that like your glutes are going to be very dominant they're going to be somewhat of a dominant and overpowering muscle group if we allow that to happen yeah. so like we just have to always keep that in the back of our minds as we are approaching your training and I've never had that problem before like like I've had clients before who have had like, you know, really well-developed glutes, but I've never really like gone into programming and been like, this is something I need to actually think about whenever I'm writing this. Yeah. And it's, it's like kind of weird for me because I I've been coaching bikini girls for so long and that's literally never the issue. It's always the opposite. It's always like, well, get the glutes bigger. It's like, that's always the thing. Um, so with you, like you've been like such an interesting case study for me to work with, because I think that you're the only, I mean, probably the only person who I've actually had this issue with where I'm like thinking about that as I'm writing programs right. for you, as like, I'm looking at your physique and, you know, as we're moving forward into your, you know, pro debut and all that stuff. Right. So, um, you know, while we're talking about that, what's up with the pro debut? I'm so excited. There's nothing like actually locked in place, yeah. but um we have like two shows picked out for like possibilities just depends like what I'm looking like at the time yep. and I think what's the date March 17th Dylan mentioned prep starting sometime in April I don't know if that means April 1st I don't know if that means April 15th but whatever it is next month things are gonna kick into high gear and I'm so excited about it <laughs> no and I think that's whenever shit's gonna start getting real you know mm -hmm. um because like I've I've coached like a good amount of of girls through um you know turning pro into their pro debuts and it's just so different like it is just so different and I'm really excited for you because I think that you're gonna thrive with that 
Um, but that's something I've noticed even on like the coaching end is like whenever you're an amateur, like it's almost a different world from whenever you're a pro. Um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, some people are gonna handle it much better than others. And I think I'm excited. Handle, I think you're gonna handle it pretty fu- pretty fucking well. So I'm excited for you. Um, but yeah, like now that we've kind of laid the foundation for you as an athlete, let's talk about you as a coach. Um yeah. So when did you actually start making a transition into like full-time coaching? Uh, you mentioned that you were working front desk at Orange Theory. Like, did you ever actually get into in-person training or in-person coaching and then made the transition now to where you are? Or was this always just like, shit, I have a lot of people asking me to coach them and like, I'm just going to see how this goes. Mm-hmm. That's literally exactly what it was. I ended up quitting Orange Theory like halfway through my prep. <laughs> I was like, guys, I'm not sleeping enough. I need to get out of here. Like the scale's not moving because I'm so stressed and I'm getting two hours of sleep. So I literally quit. I was like, I can't do this. Goodbye. Um, but yeah, that's literally exactly what happened. I competed and then I started my Instagram uh, during my reverse diet in 20, it was either, I think it was late 2019. So almost 2020, I was like, Hey, I just competed. I'm reverse dieting, whatever. And then my following started to build. And I had a lot of people asking like, Hey, what is your lower body workout? Hey, what is your glute workout? Whatever. And then, um, I kind of just would like post on Instagram, my workouts. Um, and then during my senior year of college, I ended up making guides. Like I started to make guides because people were like, what's your workout. So I put together like a generic workout that I would do that I have done. Um, and I, my cat in the background, he's like, staring sorry um killing somewhere over here so <laughs> i started to put together guides and got like a super positive response back from them everyone was loving them people were sending me their transformations i was like wow this is so cool and then i had a couple of people reach out and say hey do you do one-on-one coaching and all i knew about one-on-one coaching was like dylan is my coach and that's what he does and then yeah. i was like can i even do that like it made me nervous because i've never done that before um and i think i had i actually started working with someone else. His name is Matt Saxon. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he's just an online coach. I met him through a mutual friend and he needed an assistant coach. He was like, Hey, uh, like, do you want to work under me? I can like file over some clients to you. And so I ended up partnering with him kind of learning a lot about one-on-one coaching through him. And then I ended up like parting ways and took on like five clients of my own. And then I like built my roster to 10 clients and was saving and selling guides and making more guides all at the same time. And then I was like, mom, dad, I think I can like do this as like my job. Like, I don't think I need to apply to any more corporate jobs. I think I'm just going to try to do this. How did they take that? Honestly, fine. They basically <laughs> like, <laughs> they were just like, okay, like be cautious. This yeah. isn't not locked in. Like it's not that stability that, you know, both my brothers got corporate jobs off the bat and things like that. So they're like, this is different. But I saved up X amount and I was like, I can live off of this if I move out. And then if I don't survive, I will move back home. And then I moved out and things just started freaking flourishing. Like my online coaching like took off. I was like, holy shit, what is going on? And then Dylan approached me um, and was talking about like, hey, like we need to hire a coach for BA. And I was like, if you would have told me when I went Dylan in 2019, that I would be working on his team as a coach, I would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no way. And then I ended up joining BA and I'm like, how did I get here? This is so wild. Like, I absolutely love it. (laughs) How is it working with a team like that versus being on your own? Uh, I love it. I, it's a lot of the back end business stuff taken off your plate, which is what would stress me out the most. Like, oh my gosh, I need to go through payments and like subscriptions and when did your contract end and like all this stuff missing payments people that aren't checking in like so much happening behind the scenes that I have to do like every day to stay on top of it with everyone um so all that's kind of taken out of the picture and I just have to coach like that's my job and it's amazing and I love having all of the BA coaches to like talk with to chat with hey I have a question on this because you specialize in this area like blah 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 it's just extra resources and I'm just learning so much like Dylan is now like my mentor for prep coaching. So I'm coaching some girls through a prep right now. And it's like the best thing ever. He mentioned when he was asking me to like, come on as a coach, he was like, would you ever think about prep coaching? And I was like, oh no, like I'm a lifestyle girl. That's like, it scared me. I was like, that's so intense. Like, I don't know if I can do that for someone like whatever, but it's like, they're like my favorite check-ins to do. I'm like, yes, my prep girls are checking in. It's just so freaking cool to see their bodies change every single week. It's the, I'm so happy that he mentioned it and 
I can't wait to take on like more prep clients now. <laughs> and you're probably going to get a lot more as you start. More. So just, I hope so. FYI, yeah. Um, no, that, that's awesome. And like you said, especially whenever someone is not really in the mood to be doing all of like the back end shit, like if you're someone who just wants to be a coach, having a team that you can lean into like that and being a part of like a bigger team is incredibly helpful. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize just how much it takes off of your plate until you're someone who has tried to do everything yourself. And then you are then a part of, of a bigger team who kind of takes that pressure off of you Yeah. because doing like the entrepreneur business owner shit, like it's, it's a lot. It's time consuming. And now like the original transition, I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting to do something today. Like, shouldn't yeah. I be like updating this spreadsheet yeah. or like what's going on? Um, but yeah, it's so nice. It's a, it gives you so much more time to like take on more clients or I don't just, just work on other parts of your business and your coaching, um, to like help your clients further. It's great. And also focus on yourself too. Like, like if, if you're someone who has a million and one things on your plate outside of even just coaching, like it's really difficult for you to find the time to focus on yourself and your own goals and your, your prep and your competing and your training. Um, those things are time consuming too. Like, for sure. <laughs> I'm someone who's definitely like found that out really quickly. Like it's hard to balance all of those things whenever you're trying to do a lot in like the business world too. So yeah. like, you know, now that you have this coaching stuff that is like, you know, relatively consistent and it's supplemental and it's like really, really helpful. And like, you're able to build your, your name as a coach. And you're also trying to build your name as like an IFBB pro now, mm -hmm. like where, where do you see this going? Like, do you see yourself continuing to coach with BA? Well, maybe you don't have to answer this. I was like, continue <laughs> to coach with BA forever. Um, and like, where do you see like your, your career going as an IFBB pro? I mean, one can only hope for the best, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I've had success so far, so let's just hope it keeps happening. Um, I want you I to say like, I, I'm going to win every show that I ever enter in and I'm going to win the Olympia this, this year. I'm going to manifest it. It's going to happen. I say, <laughs> say it every night. It's going to happen. But that is actually like funny that you bring that up the Olympia, because literally this past, um, prep season, when I was prepping and competing and stuff, I was like, I always said, I always said like, I do this for fun. Like my goal isn't to go to the Olympia. Like I just want to do it for fun. I think it's a fun hobby. And now that Dylan is like, you could do really, really well. Like you can be yeah. up there. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, should I make this a goal now? And it like blows my mind that that's now a goal that I have because literally a year ago, a few months ago, I would have never been like, yeah, like that's one of my goals. I was just kind of like, oh, I'll just see how I do. But knowing that it's a possibility is like, holy shit. Like, obviously that's a top goal now. Um, yeah, I think that would be really cool especially as like a natural athlete, I do want to like remain natural and reach my like full natural potential just because like the changes I've seen in the past three years are mind blowing. So like I can do so much more and I know that I can. And I feel like it's not very common for natural athletes to go to the Olympia. So that would be really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, I, I don't know, obviously everyone else's business or tea, but I would definitely say that if you ever got on the Olympia as a natural athlete, you would be one of, if not the only natural athlete up there. So <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Like, I guess I kind of just want to maybe not focus on that, but like ask you a little bit more, like, when did you decide to like really stay natural? Like, because there's always a pressure, right? Right, right. And some people are just okay with like pulling that trigger and just jumping right into it. And especially whenever you're around this culture a lot it becomes very normalized to take peds and mm -hmm. i think whenever you start really competing you start getting deeper into like the the culture you realize just how prevalent it is and a lot of people who you're like oh no like they just work really hard you're like okay i i get it right like everyone yeah. or not everyone but yeah. a lot of people take peds so um was there like a conscious decision early on that you made where you're like i'm gonna stay natural for as long as i possibly can do as much as i can naturally um or is it just something that's kind of like evolved over time and you're like i just don't really see a need to do it honestly first season uh 2019 i couldn't even tell you. if you said the word pd to me i would be like what the hell's that i would have no like i didn't even know i didn't think like, like you said when people say bodybuilding they're thinking like mr olympia giant people yeah. obviously i would assume they were on steroids but i would not assume like a woman would be like i was just in the dark i didn't know um 
I always knew that I kind of wanted to stay natural. Like, I don't think I've ever had a pressure, but it's also something that Dylan has never mentioned to me. Like he never once said like, you could benefit from doing this. Like, I think that would have been a different conversation maybe, but seeing how my physique has changed naturally so much in such little time. Like I want it to be a goal to reach my full natural potential. Like, I feel like I can get so fucking nutty naturally. And I, it's just cool to think about, you can do that naturally. Like you don't have to go on PEDs. And it's just like something that I'm interested in. It's not like, I'm not like anti PEDs. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. Like I'm not no hate to anyone that takes them. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think people that PEDs work any less than people who are natural. Like it's not like that, but I just have seen myself evolve so much off of it that I think I can just keep going and do super well without it. Um, and just continue to push myself like that much harder. Oh yeah. That was a great answer. And I won't press that anymore, but I've just, I just was kind of curious as to like your, your thought process there, because you know, some people just, they realize they're, they're very successful without it. And they're like, I just don't think I really need to do this right now. And then other people obviously have like more moral stances on it. So I was just kind of curious there, but no, um, one real big topic I also wanted to touch on just if you have a little bit more time was um the social media stuff which you alluded to earlier um mm-hmm. and you mentioned that you know you started posting and you started kind of blowing up a little bit and getting a lot of followers relatively quickly um I actually had a conversation with Lauren there the other day or yeah. this would have been a few weeks ago now but it feels like the other day um <laughs> and we we talked about something similar where whenever you end up having a lot of followers on social media you're very much in the spotlight and you very much feel like this obligation to your followers, like to show up, to consistently put stuff out there, potentially even to like act a certain way towards mm-hmm. people that follow you. Um, do you feel like it has been, I don't say a net positive, but um, like, do you feel like you, you have that pressure with your social media presence or do you feel like it's something that is very organic and like you really, really appreciate and show up for every day? Or is it more of just like, all right, I have to do this. I'm obligated to do it. Like I have a lot of people who are like expecting this of me um, because I can tell you I'm the latter. Like it's an obligation for me. Yeah. So I'm curious where you are. Um, I don't really feel the pressure too much. I feel like I don't even share that much of my life on social media. I feel like I only share like I'm bodybuilding. I'm in the gym. That's kind of it. Like I don't show like too much of my life. I don't think, um, Yeah, I go through phases, I think, because I go through phases of feeling like super creative and super excited about the content I'm getting. And then maybe I'll get like some hate comments or like my posts aren't doing well or whatever it is. And I'm like, what what am I doing here? Like, I just get like so unmotivated with it. And I'm like, are people even seeing this? Are people even enjoying this? Like whatever. So I definitely go through ups and downs of like wanting to post and like really enjoying the content I'm making. But I definitely have felt the pressure of like, I need to stay consistent with my posting. Um, and then I'll like post something that's like a shitty quality picture or something like, why did I like, why didn't I just take the time? And like, I feel like over the years, I've just kind of discovered to just like post what you want to post. Like don't post what other people are posting. Don't follow. I mean, follow the trends if you want to, but like, you know what I mean? Like if you like a picture that you took, but you're like, Oh, it won't look good on my feed or, Oh, like so-and-so did better with this post, like post what you want to post. And I was talking about this the other day with someone. Um, I post so much of like my posing, like on my story. And I feel like people get super annoyed with it because I don't post much else, but like, I like posting it. So I'm going to keep posting it, you know, like it's not, my social media is like for me and also I guess for other people, but I don't think like, oh, like I posted posing yesterday, so I can't post it today. Like that type of stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like my Instagram community is very like kind so I don't have like too much hate but when I do get hate I'm like like that's so annoying I'm gonna take like a break from social media type of thing I definitely understand that and um you you also mentioned that you have like a pretty large presence on TikTok yeah I have like 300k on TikTok somehow I literally don't even you know what's funny is I didn't even start the account one of my best friends from high school texted me when TikTok was like a thing which yeah. was like egg like you should start a TikTok and post like fitness stuff and I was like dude no like why would I do that I have an Instagram what I don't even know how to use the app she started my account the account is under like her name her like school email or something she has the password and then she posted a TikTok and I got like a few million views and she was like look 
you have like 100k followers overnight I was like what the hell is happening here and then she gave me the password and I logged in and now I take it over but TikTok is scary as shit I don't like TikTok I agree so mean I like agree. I don't get any love it's all hate and I hate it <laughs> I I 100% agree with that um I resisted the TikTok thing for a really long time and then I was like you know what like this can just be like another little outlet for like putting and posting you know content um but I definitely got to that same point relatively recently where I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's, this TikTok thing is for me. You um, have to land on the right side of it. Like some people in the fitness realm land on the right side and people are like, you're so motivating. Like you're amazing. I landed on the side where I posted something and they were like, you're on, like, what's your cycle? Like you're on so many PEDs. First of all, I comment, I'm like, thank you very much. Um, but then it's like, you're disgusting or like, veins are gross or like eat some food and I'm like holy shit what is going on right now like I don't like it here it's not safe so um it's funny because I feel like Instagram used to be very volatile like that too um I feel like they cleaned Instagram up a lot yeah but there used to be a lot of people that would, like troll your posts and like come in with like these anonymous accounts and just like talk shit in your in your comments on Instagram or like they would even like DM you and just like say really sh nasty shitty things yeah. um I used to be someone who would like come back every single Dude, I I have two and I would oh. get like anxious I would be like typing back and be like shaking like oh my god what are they gonna say back like come at me what the fuck <laughs> I would I would get worked up and I would like let it work me up and I would like yeah. look forward to these like back and forth and I would like just like try and ruin someone's day but um <laughs> but yeah and then I eventually got to a point where I was like okay like what what am I even accomplishing here like like Literally. that's actually what they're trying to do like especially these like people that have like no profile picture, they're literally just like commenting like the the dumbest shit, trying to talk like yeah. talk to you. Um, like that's all they're wanting. All they're wanting is like to rile you up and like like upset you. They um, wanted to affect you, and then yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I've gotten to a point now where like I really just laugh at that stuff, or I'll reply and like agree with them. I'm like, you're actually totally right. I never thought, yeah, of that yeah. Before, you know. Um, and it like really, it really like crushes what they're trying to accomplish yeah, they're like, oh, they're like, that's not what like, i wanted that's like that's like the best way to like come back at like someone who's trolling you or like talking shit is just like agree with them like you're right yeah. you're right yeah it's like they can't do anything it like neuters their argument but um but no that's i think really all i wanted to touch on with you i know that you're super busy so i really appreciate you even jumping on here um but you know is there anything that you want to say before we we go anything that you want to plug for yourself any places that people can follow you, learn more about you, learn more about your services? Uh, sure. If you want to get into coaching, feel free to check out my coaching page on bearesthetics.com. Um, also, you can DM me on Instagram. I'm always active in my DMs. It's Megan Lynn Fitness. And you can follow me on TikTok, but I'm really not too present because it's scary there. Uh, so not much going on. It's a lot of repetitive stuff from Instagram, but yeah, not too much, but would love to take some more people on my roster is open. So if anyone needs advice, you just want to ask questions, feel free to shoot me a DM or email or something. Uh, totally would love to answer. And I will make sure all of the links for Megan are in the show notes as well. And everyone will be able to find her relatively easily. So if they want to work with you, they'll be able to find you. Um, but again, Meg, thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate your time. Um, and we should probably do this after your pro debut again, just to kind of like fill in the yeah. gaps and, and talk about how that experience was. Yeah, I'm so down for that. <laughs> all right, that sounds great. Um, all right, I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much again. Yeah, of course, anytime. <laughs>